Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Starting to get back into our regular routine here. We had the lovely and talented Steve Wolfong Tuesday. We are back Thursday with our power pack in-house show. Bill Curlick and Mark Porter here to let you know all that's going on with Ohio State. Gentlemen, is it raining in your neck of the woods? Looking out the window, I'm not sure I can see the houses across the street. It's raining so much and so dark here in uh, beautiful suburban Columbus. Mark? Oh, yeah. We, we have it here. Coming from Charlotte with 60 degrees and sun, it is definitely a change of pace. We will get to that. Mark was at a very interesting event and has some cool information from that. And it is raining here in the Gem City. So if that affects our streaming abilities. Please be patient with us today. Yesterday was not a day for patience. Yesterday was a day to offer up prospects. It tends to happen, uh, and I don't know why. Bill can maybe go into this in detail. There is days of the calendar that tend to be a rush on offers. Yesterday, Larry Johnson got out his book and went absolutely crazy. We will get to one of the offers not necessarily by Larry Johnson in the state of Ohio. That's very interesting, but we were discussing and uh, I don't know if Larry Johnson was held back. And then yesterday they cut him loose. Bill, let's go down the list of prospects or ones we need to know about that Larry Johnson offered yesterday. It is very clear. They are focused on getting some replenishments for the defensive line. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it. I mean, (laughs) I've been doing this a couple of years at least. Well, maybe a few more than that. Hence the gray hair. Uh, but uh, I'm not sure that I've ever experienced a day where Ohio State has offered this many players at one position uh, in one one day or 24-hour period or whatever. Uh, and that position, as you mentioned, Dan, was defensive line. Uh, defensive end and defensive tackle, but defensive line overall, I think uh, 
there were eight offers that uh, were made or went out or posted yesterday by Ohio State. Larry Johnson, as you mentioned, was uh, doing plenty of offering, and some of them are really high-level kids. Um uh, as in number one defensive end in the country, number one edge in the country, number one or number two defensive tackle in the country, that type of thing. You know, going down the list, you've got David Stone from IMG, uh, defensive tackle, who I believe is the number two defensive tackle in the country. And uh, um, Elijah Rushing, who was at the Ohio State spring game this year, didn't walk away from an offer at that point, um, but Got that offer yesterday. He's pretty happy about that. Uh, number one and number two defensive end in the country. Uh, Williams Nawari from Missouri, another highly, highly regarded defensive end. Uh, Aiden Breland from California, great program. Modern day high school in Santa Ana, got an offer. Um, uh, Jaden Jackson, another IMG kid. And by the way, Jaden Jackson is a, Midwest kid at heart. He is from Brownsburg, Indiana, uh, moved to Florida, and is at IMG, moved uh, partway through his sophomore year in high school. Uh, Darian Mayo uh, from Maryland, one of the country's top edge prospects, defensive end. Solomon Williams from Florida, another uh, edge defensive end type guy. And then Danny Okoye from Tulsa, or I should say, yeah, Tulsa, Oklahoma, he was offered. So it's quite an impressive list that uh, landed offers from the Buckeyes yesterday. And um, I did a story on rushing in particular. I did, I believe I did one on David Stone. Um, I have one coming today on Jaden Jackson, who is absolutely, in fact, uh, not only is he interested uh, in Ohio State, but after talking to him last night, he's texting me this morning, he's highly interested in Ohio State. I'd say for him, Ohio State, Tennessee, and Penn State are high on his list. So really, a uh, big day for offers for Ohio State yesterday. You mentioned, Bill, back to IMG. <coughs> Excuse me, two guys from IMG on there. That's very you know important and impressive. Unfortunately, there are no Ohioans on there. You're Mike Halls and Sawyer of the world who – you know, Zach Harrison, you always feel a little bit better when you can build in-house out and it gets so regional. But speaking of regional, I think uh, we always tend to lend a keen eye to when there's an offer to an in-state player. And that was the running back. Let me get this right. Sam Williams Dixon. The hyphen always throws me off. Running back from not necessarily – your running hotbed because he's not Amish. Um, this is a kid who plays up in Amish country. There is another running back in the state with an offer, Jordan Marshall from Moeller, much more well-known. Mark, were you surprised to see the offer to Sam Williams-Dixon? Um, I know we talked ad nauseum about Jordan Marshall here. Do you see them as a tandem? Do you see them as first come, first serve? How do you view them? Break it down for us. Yeah. Um, you know, we've been familiar with the Sam Williams-Dixon for, you know, sophomore year when he blew up at the Ohio State clamp he was there. And I know Bill's done some stories on him. Uh, he's been a guy on the radar. 
Uh, when I did my running back rankings, I had him behind Jordan Marshall, and I thought there was a clear-cut difference between the two, and it was largely due to Marshall playing better competition, maybe having a little better speed. And I've said it many times, Marshall does not let the first person bring him down. Uh, when you throw on a tape of Sam Williams-Dixon, you see him absolutely dominating the competition, which immediately throws the competition into question. Uh, if you look at the scores from the West Holmes football games this year, they scored 60 points, they scored 50 points multiple times, and they scored in the high 40s in just about every other game. They absolutely destroyed the schedule. The schedule wasn't very tough. It was a Division Four, Division Five schedule, and he does what he has to do to that competition. Uh, like I said, my difference between Marshall and him was the speed, but I know Ohio State has the 40 times on both of them because they are both at the camp this summer. So I'm not going to let my eyes deceive me on the film and say the speed's not there because if it wasn't there, he wouldn't simply have the offer because Ohio State How has the documented time. Pardon me? How big? Oh, he, he's about 200 pounds, listed at 5'11". Uh, I'd say he's all of that. you know, And, that, and that's the size you want, the 200-pound size. Yep. He's a powerful runner. You see him run through a lot of tackles. He's got a quality film. It's just one of those ones. It's so good at times. And as you watch him run away from people, you know that's not the competition he's going to see in the Big Ten and other places. So you have to go to the combine times and stuff like that to legitimize it. So I don't want to take away from him because he has such a great film and bang on him because, you know, the competition. But I definitely can say when I watched Jordan Marshall, I thought there was a little more pep in his step. And, and he's the same size back. He's around 200 pounds, 5'11", 6 foot. Uh, but Jordan Marshall's film is a little more spectacular, probably because he's doing it against Division One schools week in and week out. So, yeah, this is going to be a theme that Sam Williams-Dixon is going to have to overcome. Can you prove it? Now, when he gets in the playoffs, he's had some good games, but they lost to Van Wert. And Van Wert's the team that Glenville, you know, beat up. And then uh, shifting, you know, not to another running back, but Deshante Jones from Glenville is another running back that I had just below Sam Williams-Dixon. He's a 230-pound running back from Glenville that scored five touchdowns versus Van Wert and five touchdowns in a state championship game. And I'm sure we're going to have to talk about him. But I did not think uh, Deshante Jones from Glenville had the – you know, extra burst either. So we'll see how this all plays out. But two running back offers in Ohio. Um, I don't know if they're, they're they're definitely 1A and 1B to me. I don't know if with one committed before the other, they'd let the other one not be in the class. Uh, Sam Williams-Dixon to me reminds me of Mayan Williams a little bit. And I know that's a real easy comparison, you know, on a team. But he's got a lot of the same things on film, a lot of that plugging in the middle and jumping in and out of tackles and running through arm tackles. So he, he's a quality back. Definitely a guy that we thought could, you know, possibly be in the offer conversation. It just happened sooner than we thought, I think. I think also uh, we're looking uh, very possibly at an, an Ohio State two running back class for 2024. You know, obviously depth wasn't there this year with the injuries and all. And you look at where the guys are as far as their year at Ohio State. And uh, Mayan Henderson, of course, some people thought that he was going to the NFL draft. So, you know, you expect that he's not going to be back after this season. Travion Henderson is certainly another guy that you're going to look at as possibly uh, leaving Ohio State and and so on. So, you know, you're looking at the potential if they can get the guys they want, a two running back class. And, and they ought, uh, Jordan Marshall's the real deal. And, you know, he's a guy that uh, they're ready to take. 
today, tomorrow, or uh, weeks ago? Maybe I should say that. Uh, Bill just said it. Jordan Marshall is the real deal. I haven't seen him in person three times this year, last year. My belief in him and my confidence in him is, is definitely as high as it gets. He He's proven it to me that every time I, I – in fact, when I watch film of him all the time, I'm like, let's see if he makes the first guy miss every time, and he does. Like, he, it holds true. It's uh, Sam Williams-Dixon, I just, you know, want to see him play, you know, a bigger schedule. But he definitely legitimized himself when he was at the camp this summer. That That's where all this is stemming from. And, and I want to add, too, you know, we talk about these kids as how good they are on the field. These two kids are great kids. I mean, these are kid, guys that you want in your program as far as the type of people they are, kids, teammates, and all that, workers and everything. These are the kind of guys you want in your program. I'm extremely impressed with uh, bo- both of these guys uh, on and off the field. Bill, if you look at it, Williams Dixon is the ninth running back they've offered in this class. Okay, he's the Marshall was one of the early ones, but they've got some impressive names on there. We've heard Stacy Gage's name for I feel like several years. They offered St. Thomas Aquinas running back Jordan Lyle earlier this week. There's guys on there like uh, James Peoples from Texas and Jarek Gibson, another IMG kid. Where do you think those guys all rank out? Um, do they have an apple of their eye? But who, who do you think? I, I kind of feel like as I look at this list that Marshall maybe very might be number one on their depth chart here. Or oh, I think he's the – yeah, I, I, I absolutely think he is the guy. Um, uh, put him at the top. And the good thing is, is that they – you know, he's a very uh, – as you would say, gettable guy. I mean, yeah. I, I like where Ohio State stands with him right now. Um, and you got to be realistic. You know, how how many of those other guys are you realistically going to get? Um, there are some realistic guys on there. Uh, Stacy Gage is very interesting. He's been to Ohio State multiple times. But some of them have never even been to Ohio State, so how do you even know what your shot at getting them is? So I think with uh, Marshall, certainly somebody that could absolutely end up at Ohio State. Uh, Sam Williams-Dixon is another guy that no doubt could end up at Ohio State. He's I've talked to him and done a number of stories on him, um, and he leaves no doubt about his interest in Ohio State. So, you know, it, it's a situation where you've got to be realistic uh, just because you have an offer out doesn't mean, number one, it's necessarily committable, and number two, you're going to get the guy or have a reasonably good chance of getting the guy. If you look, the other running backs offered are all from Texas, Florida, which are places where you need to get the offers in early to have any chance. So that may be more indicative of those talent-rich states rather than where Ohio State exactly wants them in terms of order. But you're talking about, you know, Tampa, Hollywood, Florida, Lancaster, Texas. So those places tend to have some good football. Let's take a quick break here and pay some past bills and come back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, we are back. Mark, you hit the road this weekend for a very interesting event. You sent me a picture of the lobby at the coaches convention. You can go into detail about what it is, what it was, what you saw. But it's also a place where you can get a real good sense of where Ohio State stands in the national vernacular. And we tend to be a little bit more overreactive here. Hoping you can put everything into perspective on kind of what you saw down there, what it was, and maybe where Ohio State stands now from 10,000 feet. Yeah, it's, it's called the American Football College Coaches Convention, yearly convention. And uh, for many years, it was really like continuing ed for every college coach in the country where they had to go to it uh, to do the Big Ten meeting, conference meeting, the SEC conference meeting. So all the work for the year was getting done at these. And when COVID popped up, uh, they all figured they could do those meetings by web, you know, uh, online. So they all didn't have to get together at these conventions anymore. But it's still a big-time convention where the coaches all show up. Uh, of course, there's clinic rooms and breakout rooms where they're, you want to go there to learn for three or four days. You can learn from some of the best coaches in the country who are speaking. But it's largely uh, a big uh, end-of-the-year fraternity party get-together for all the college coaches. Uh, of course, it's a big convention hall where all the vendors are there. So if you're looking for anything from uh, hypodermic to uh, the, the chambers that you lay in to get healthy or the Cylon pylons or scoreboards or uh, private planes to fly your team around in. It's all there. Uh, very unique group of people. Uh, when you talk Ohio State, this, I, my wife goes to this every couple of years with me every now and then. And I always tell her, I say, every guy walking around has a logo on their shirt and that's who they are. And I said, you know, some of them for a girl, it might be a Louis Vuitton bag or whatever it is, but I go, the guys wearing the Ohio State logos are the guys at the top of the rung, and that's who everybody wants to be. And down here, you never feel it as much as you feel it like, you know, other places, but they're all jealous of the Ohio State guys. They're all, they all want to talk to those guys, mingle with those guys, be on the short list of who those guys would call if they ever went to their own place and had the Brian Hartline was down there. He'd have a trail of people following him through that lobby because if Brian Hartline is ever a head coach someday, they want to be on a short list. And, you know, it's almost a meme down there. Some of the guys are dressed in their suit because they're looking for a job. Some guys are dressed in their sweatshirts. So you see all types. Uh, did talk to some guys about Ohio State, and we got into the defense, of course. And, you know, Jim Knowles, it, you know, he could only do so much against that Georgia team. You, you saw what Georgia did to TCU, and they scored at will. 
and they've kind of done that all year. And, and in fact, where Kent State's where I'm from, I think Kent State might have played them as good as anybody throughout the year earlier in the year, really? which is kind of ironic. But uh, you know that the defense he was running, I think the motto was "Wait till he gets all the guys he wants in that defense." You know, he handpicks more of his guys that fit his schemes. And he brought Tanner McAllister with them, and he kind of took what Ohio State had last year, which wasn't getting it done. And the point the guy made to me is he can decorate coverages with safeties and all that stuff, but those front four are the same front four he had the year before for the most part, and those guys have to line up in gaps and take things on. And I think he thought that's where the weakness was, at least the coach <laughs> I talked to, that the front four was really not as dominant as it needs to be. Now we see the, the defensive line offers come out, and I was thinking to myself, yeah, we're getting right to work on the defensive line. And that's what Ohio State did. So that meshed what someone told me down there. But a lot of rubbing elbows, kissing babies, a lot of short conversations. And, you know, but it is pretty cool to see the whole world down there in the pecking order of the logos as they walk through the lobby. The, the logos you've never seen before, no one cares about. And the logos, of course, everybody knows. As one Ohio State coach told me at one point, when you walk into the building with that O on your shirt, it means a little more than a whole lot of other shirts that walk into that building. And, and I'll add one more thing. You know, I, I kind of brought up stuff that was on the boards that the fans are mad about. And college coaches just look at me like, are you really talking about Ohio State problems? Like, or, you know, we wish we had Ohio State problems, you know, like, we have problems on our team and things we're dealing with that really, uh, you know, you're uh, uh, this far away from a national championship and you want guys fired and you want people's heads and this guy's not good enough for, I mean, you were literally a field goal kick from maybe having it all. So yeah, the problems we see on our message boards, uh, they're not what college coaches are talking about. And they really seem childish and foolish to those guys. Like, well, why are you bringing this type of stuff up? It's the beauty of where we're at, and I believe the terms become common and first world problems. We've got them. We'll take them. Happy to have them. Let's discuss this as we uh, as we boogie here. Has some good questions. Some talk of quarterbacks, Bill, and um, obviously with a certain former Detroit Lion, legacy kid, whatever, now coming to Ohio State and. I don't want to say he's going to the next – I'm not even going to get into the front-running aspect of that. But Dylan Rayola is apparently going to go to Georgia now. Let's see who wins the national championship next year, I kid. Um, there's a question up here, Bill. This is another name of another quarterback that's been bandied about. I believe he's a South Carolina native. Jaden Davis. He's visited here. A lot of talk about him early, and it's died out. Will it be back? Well, William, the reason it died out, obviously, was that Ohio State got a commitment. Um, they're not rushing into anything when it comes to 2024 quarterback recruiting at this point. Uh, they don't like and almost never offer a quarterback without having seen him throw in person. Uh, when Rayola committed, you know, they stopped looking. They didn't need to keep seeing kids throw in person. 
now they're going to go out and see kids again throw in person. There's a bunch of quarterbacks, 2024 quarterbacks in the country, across the country that are interested in Ohio State. We talked about that O on your shirt means a lot. Um, I've talked to a number of top quarterbacks across the country, 2024 guys, that, hey, they said, if and when Ohio State reaches out, I am all ears. Um, I had a story about one of them on our site yesterday, um, Elijah Brown from Modern Day High School in California. There's others. So uh, expect Corey Dennis, Ryan Day to start the reaching out process uh, again and go see these kids in person. But they want to see him throw in person. Jaden Davis, they have seen him in person. They know they liked him. Um, is he going to get back on the list? I don't put anything past possibility when it comes to Ohio State quarterback recruiting. Quinn Ewers was not going to be an Ohio State quarterback, but Corey Dennis went out and got that done as far as Quinn Ewers committing to Ohio State. Uh, kind of pulled one out of, you know, it was, you know, the, the work he did on that was incredible. So could Jaden Davis be back in the mix? We'll see. Um, but if there's one school that can get him back in the mix, I think it would be Ohio State because of what the quarterbacks have done. So we'll see uh, on Jaden Davis, but there's not going to be any shortage of quarterbacks interested in Ohio State. The Buckeyes will get a good 2024 quarterback. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Bill, do you, quick trivia here, do you remember the first, and I think Maybe only quarterback Urban Meyer has ever taken without seeing him throw in person. Uh, Mitch, wow. Mitch Trubisky was the first guy he offered. Without throwing in person. I was One it, person Joe, on the staff had seen him throw in person, but not Urban. Joe Burrow? Correct. Joe Burrow? Correct. Wow. Sorry, Bill. And, you know, and as Bill was as Bill was talking, and he brought up Quinnewers and Viola, uh, you know, I I, I I evaluate, and a lot of times I, I do kind of like what the five star guys do, is I give an A, B, or C. I might have three or four quarterbacks or an A, a B, and a C. And you know, the five stars, you may see three or four quarterbacks that are five stars, but I think what happens on message boards is you see Viola is one of the five stars. He's, you know, the top ranked five star or was the top ranked five star. And you think there's this grand Canyon like difference between one and two. And when Ohio state goes to the second or third or a keen holds, you're like, Oh my God, he must be terrible. He's six or seven slots lower. And I think ranking them like that does a, a disservice. They should be ranked equally sideways not like or this, tiers. and I think tears. Yeah, like, and I do it in tears. Where look at it like this as a guy, and I know this is the women aren't gonna like this, but there are some blonde-haired beauties out there that you would take home every day until you see some of the brunette beauties out there. And if you've watched, uh, you know, like the beauty pageants and Miss America, you're like, I can't tell which one's the most beautiful. They're all someone that you would marry and think is so. It's really, do you like the blonde, the brunette, the redhead, the Lebanese girl, the Italian girl? They're all beautiful. They're all yep. worth spending your life with. And I think when you see all the five stars and the quarterbacks, there's seven or eight of them, you think that eighth guy is just the ugliest one. And, you know, he's got pig toes and walks funny or something. But 
yeah, there are other great quarterbacks out there in the class of 2024 that may end up being better than Raiola when it's all said and done. And I thought Raiola was the truth when I watched him. At the camp, I thought he was the truth. Like, wow, I don't know if they're going to make one better than this. And I'm guilty of it, but they will. There will be other guys out there that are just as good. Also, I got to get back, Dan. Dan, you mentioned Joe Burrow. I remember well, Ohio State was looking for quarterbacks all over the country. And uh, they were out in California recruiting a kid from California and watched him throw and all that. It was in December, I think, if I remember correctly. Um, And I was told that they just said, hey, what in the world are we doing out here in California going after a kid uh, that's good? But uh, here in California, when we got a guy 60 miles down the road, it's just as good or better. And that being Joe Burrow. And then, of course, they uh, made sure they got Joe Burrow at that point. Was it Kellen Mond? Uh, I don't I know they wanted to. You know, but I know for a fact that remember down the stretch, like they were bummed out when Kellen Mond went to Texas A&M and had to settle for J- Joe Burrow. So, yeah. uh, boy, hindsight's twenty twenty. Comes to that for sure, and you nailed that, Bill, on on uh, Burrow in terms of Tom Herman. Man, he was uh, he was the golden child here for a good reason. He got the offense going, and he had a he had a keen eye for talent. He had a keen eye for some other stuff that may have distracted him from coaching at times, which uh, can distract you people. It's undefeated. Don't think it's not. All right. Um, I think that's going to do for the show. We appreciate everybody stopping by. Actually, you know what? There was one more question here, Mark, I had I wanted to get to you for. Because it's going to come up a lot. Let's Here we go. And this is the St. Ed's offensive line question. Um, ben Roebuck, the Armstrong brothers. This is basically Mika Hanna, a uh, let's get it going in Ohio comment. What do you think about that? Brian Robinson um, has offers from a lot of schools. He has visited Ohio State several times and has not been offered, so it doesn't seem to me like he's going to get one, but I could be wrong. Why don't you bring us up to speed on those guys and we'll close it up. Bill, if you have any state vibes, you can add to it. Yeah, I I think – Ohio State has been patient with their Ohio State or their O-line recruiting Ohio. In fact, we lost Luke Hamilton to Michigan because they were so patient. There are no linemen in Ohio in the class of 2024 with an offer. Uh, The portals where they went initially. Now, uh, the Robinson twins from St. Ed's, I'll start with them. Last year, they were about 200. Yeah, the Armstrong twins. Yep, they were about 240 pounds each. They were the most athletic linemen in the class by far. Now they're up to 280, maybe even beyond that. They look absolutely fantastic, and they've moved themselves into this discussion. Uh, Coach Fry gave both of them extra reps last year at the camp. Uh, Same with Ben Roebuck. He was at the camp. They gave him extra reps, gave him extra eyeballs, gave him the best uh, people in camp to go against, so they know exactly where those guys are at. Uh, I think they're in a holding pattern. Uh, Sander White. At Akron Hoban, uh, he's a big-time offensive lineman that may rank just with them or above. And then I like uh, Mark Nave, maybe from uh, Toledo Central Catholic. I thought he might be the best offensive lineman in Ohio. So there's other guys that are going to slot in with them that may get ranked ahead of them. 
or could go to those guys. We've been saying that when's Roebuck going to get offered? Every time we see him, he looks quicker, faster. Something is going to pop in those names. Uh, if I was Nostradamus, I think I would go with the Toledo Central Catholic guy, but I could be. it could be the Robinson Twins tomorrow morning. It really could be. They, they looked so much better this year in person. I, I can't stress that enough. So there's your offensive line look in Ohio. There's a couple other names that we could talk about. Uh, as far as uh, Brian Robinson from Fitch, uh, he's been to Ohio State. He's been to the camps. And, you know, he's done some of his own damage on Twitter where he might not be in the Ohio State discussion on Twitter. I think he's called out Ohio State. And, you know, he's taken his recruiting in that type of a direction where I don't know how that's going to make them want you more. So he's on that type of fringe where he's a great defensive end, long body, has the SEC look to him, hard working kid, doing all the training and everything he can do. And he has a nice offer list. It, 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 it's a drama. That's one to follow for Ohio State. Will they get in the mix on him or not? But he, him and his father have put a line down in the sand on, you know, social media. So that that's their journey. Uh, and uh, who was the other name? Go ahead, Bill. I got to throw in a, my, my sleeper offensive lineman, Jake Wheelock from Dayton Stebbins down there. Uh, that's kind of my sleeper guy. I don't think anything's going to happen uh, for a while, but Keep an eye on him at Ohio State's camp this summer. I think he's got in mind that he's going to go up uh, north to Columbus this summer, perhaps earn an offer. My sleeper guy. I, I had a college coach tell me that Jake Wheelock's one of the best linemen in the class. He just might not have the elite size as the others, but we've taken guys like that and put them at center. Uh, Corey Lindsley's and guys like that that have come out the other side. So thank you, Bill, there. Uh, and Will Trell Hartson. Uh, from Maslin, it was the other guy they asked us about. He was the running back. And when we watched him at the Ohio State camp and all the drills, he looked as good as all the national running backs. Uh, foot speed-wise, quickness-wise, wasn't necessarily as big. And I think that was the difference between him and the big-time backs in the class. Uh, he could have went to Buffalo or a few other places. He let a few of his offers dry up, which I think at the end of the day, his best choice was walking on at Ohio State. And much like the kid from Hubbard that walked on at Ohio State that played in a few games last year, he could make a difference with, a, like Bill said earlier, a, a room full of running backs where we need more bullets in that gun where, you know, you see two offers in Ohio. Xavier Johnson went from walk-on to a uh, guy who every time he touched the ball I thought he was going to score. So we have hopes high for walk-ons like Will Chill Harson, obviously from a fantastic program. Speaking of fantastic programs, we are lucky to have these two guys on board. We hope we brought you some recruiting and general Ohio State intrigue this morning. We'll be back at it again tomorrow. Have a good one, Bucknutters. Yes, Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I feel it in my I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. 
I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.